The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. If wisdom was there from the beginning, then that means if I am going to operate in wisdom, I have to love God to reveal that wisdom to me. Are you following this? Because if I don't love God, God can't reveal his wisdom to me. Because the secret of the Lord is revealed to those who love him or those who fear him. Well, are you ready for the word? Okay, turn with me please in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter Ecclesiastes chapter 10 The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10 Are you there? I read, it says if the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge then must he put to more strength but wisdom is profitable to direct I read it again if the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge then must he put more strength but wisdom is profitable to direct. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm sharing with you on a message I have titled, Wisdom is Profitable to Direct. Wisdom is Profitable to Direct. One of the key things in life is the ability to know where you're going. Have a sense of direction. Whether you like it or not, we are all going somewhere. Every day of our lives when we wake up, we wake up with a sense of mission, with a sense of purpose, that we are going somewhere. When we wake up in the morning, we are either going to work, going to school, going to the gym, going to sign a contract, and so on and so forth. And when we wake up, we go on that direction based on what we want to achieve in life. So every day of our lives, we are all on a path going somewhere. We are all now on a path going somewhere. So that means direction is key. That's why even cars have sat-navs to direct you to where you want to go in life. So direction is key. Where you are today and where you're going to get to tomorrow is going to be dependent on your ability to discern. But I want you to understand something very important, something very significant. That where you are today is as a result of the decisions you made yesterday. If you are going to go far in life, you have to be careful of the decisions you are making. Whether you like it or not, life is a result of seed time and harvest. What you sowed yesterday is what you are reaping today. If you don't like what you are reaping today, then change what you are sowing. If you sow evil, you reap evil. If you sow good, you reap good. So it's important and crucial for us to understand that where we want to go in life is not going to be by accident. But it's going to be by direction. It's going to be by direction. So the scripture we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10, the Bible says that if the iron be blunt, in other words, if the axe be blunt, 
and you do not wet the edge. The word wet there means if you do not sharpen the edge, it says then must he put more strength. This is very key. This is very key. Now, the acts there could mean your profession or your life. If your life is dull, if your profession is dull, then you'll be exerting more strength in life. Are you following me? But it says, if the axe is sharpened, then you will not use more strength. But if the axe is dull, that means every time you'll be using more strength, more energy. And please hear me, the more energy you use, the less you are paid in life. That's why we have to sharpen ourselves mentally, sharpen ourselves spiritually, sharpen ourselves professionally, sharpen ourselves in every area of our lives. When you sharpen your life, your life becomes easy. That's why the Bible says that wisdom is profitable to direct. The question we want to ask is what is wisdom? Wisdom is the relevant and practical application of the word of God. Write this down. Wisdom is the relevant and practical application of the word of God. In other words, wisdom is knowing the right thing to do at the right time and doing it. Are you following what I'm saying? Wisdom is the relevant and practical application of the word of God. So if wisdom is profitable to direct, that means we need wisdom. Why? Because wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, it says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. Now, when the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing, it means wisdom is the number one thing. Wisdom is the number one thing. So that means in all of your acquisitions in life, you must go for what? Wisdom. Why? Because wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the supreme thing. Wisdom is the number one thing. Why? With, because without wisdom, you lack direction in life. Now listen to me. There is no money problem in life. There is no relationship problem in life. There is no marriage problem in life. There is no health problem in life. Every problem you have is a wisdom problem. I'll give you an example. Now, it is not wise to eat heavily at about 2 a.m. when everybody is sleeping, you go to the kitchen and eat as much as you can and straightly go to bed. That's no wisdom. That's killing yourself. You are killing yourself softly. You know that song? Killing me softly, softly. Killing me softly. You're killing yourself softly. Now, many of us, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is going to help you today. Many of us will go and buy big bottles of Coke. I'm not against drinking Coke. And we'll drink it first thing in the morning when we wake up. What do we do? Coke. First thing in the morning, Coke. Afternoon, Coke. Evening, Coke. Full of sugar. And if we are dying, we ask, why are we dying? You forgot. First thing when you wake up, what do you do? You drink Coke. Now, how many of you have flowers in your house? 
How many of you have flowers? Okay, how many of you have plants? How many of you have gardens? Have you ever watered your flowers with cocoa before? Have you? Have you ever watered your, 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 your flowers with juice before? What do you water them with? Water. Now, if flowers are not watered with coke, why do you as a human being water yourself with coke? You as a human being, you are more important than the flower. I have made it as a life decision never to drink any sugary drink ever again. You know, God, God is interesting. God has an interesting sense of humor. One of the days I was getting ready to pray and I had to quickly eat my dinner so that I can have time to pray. And after I finished eating and I prayed and everything, that day I went to bed, I couldn't sleep. My tummy wouldn't let me sleep. It was like I had a bloated tummy. And I was having constant cramp. For three, four days, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat anything else. And all of a sudden, my, my system changed. I said, God must be speaking to me. You know, God will take you through stuff just to teach you a lesson. And I noticed that I needed to change my diet. Because, you know, most of us, the food we eat is killing us. Many of us don't go to the gym because we don't have time to go to the gym. We eat late. We eat very heavy food. Very, very heavy food. And we go to bed. And gradually we are dying. We put a lot of sugar in our, in our, in our, in our food stuff and gradually we are dying. And I changed my diet since then. I stopped eating heavy food. I just started eating salad. I stopped drinking any, any juice. All I drink now is water. And then my body started telling me, this is what I want you to drink and eat. I said, wow. God, you have to do this to teach me this lesson. What am I saying? Many of us are eating the wrong food. Eating fatty food. We are dying. You see, we can pray for you, but this prayer will not help you. You must change your food diet. Many of us, the food we eat is full of carbohydrates. Carbo. Carbo. <laughs> no, no, carbohydrate is good but you know you're just a little are you following what I'm saying okay so wisdom is profitable to direct wisdom will tell you what you are eating will kill you many of us want to live up to 120 years but the kind of food we are eating now I'm not sure we'll get to 60 because we are eating the wrong food. So it is vital that if we are going to progress in life, we walk in what? Wisdom. Why? Because wisdom is the principal thing. So now if wisdom is the principal thing, the question we want to ask is, how do I receive wisdom or how do I get wisdom? James chapter 1 from verse 1 to 8. James chapter 1 from verse 5 to 8. I read, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, I love that. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men. Does God give to some men? He gives to how many? Now he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men how? Liberally. In other words, freely and abraded not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. Because anything you ask God not in faith, you will not receive. So if you need wisdom, you ask how? In faith, not wavering. 
For he that wavered is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Why? Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So the Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If any woman lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Somebody is asking, how do I know I lack wisdom? Look at how you do things. You'll know if you need wisdom or not. If you wake up in the morning and you shout at your husband or your wife, that means you lack wisdom. If every time you are paid, you spend more than you earn, that means you lack what? Wisdom. If all the friends you have are taking you to the wrong places and putting you in trouble, that means you lack what? Wisdom. And what do you need? If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God is the source of our wisdom. Say amen to that. Amen. God is the source of our wisdom. Solomon lacked wisdom and Solomon needed wisdom. And Solomon asked God for wisdom. Solomon went to God and asked God for wisdom. And God gave him wisdom. Now, what I want you to understand is that wisdom is a spiritual force. And because it's a spiritual force, when you ask God in faith and you're not careful, you might think that you have not received it. Are you following me? Because wisdom is a what? A spiritual force. For instance, when you ask God to give you love, he will give you difficult people. He'll bring difficult people your way to test whether that love is there. When you ask God for money, he'll give you a problem to solve. When you ask God for wisdom, he'll give you problems to solve. That problem comes as a test to see whether you really have that wisdom or not. It's very important. Very, very important. And many of us, our oppression is in life is not wisdom. It's not wisdom. You wake up, somebody tells you I'm going here and then you follow. This is your church. Somebody calls you next week say, oh, have you heard there's a new prophet in town? Let's go, come, let's go. And then you follow. That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. Why? Because wisdom is profitable to direct. And wisdom will always direct you the right way. When you come to church and it's time to give and you don't give, that's not what? Wisdom. Because wisdom is profitable to what? To direct. So quickly, let's look at how Solomon received wisdom. Now, let me say this. This is very important. Let me say this. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 8, that it's, wisdom said, I wisdom, I was there from the beginning, from the foundations of the earth. Very important. I want you to follow this. It said, I wisdom, I was there at the beginning. So if wisdom was there at the beginning, that means that wisdom is a very essential commodity for all of us. That means there's something about wisdom that we need to desire. We need to desire to have. So now, God says that wisdom is the principal thing. And I want to show you something. If wisdom is key, then that means wisdom is a secret that is hidden that can only be revealed to those who love God. Mm, 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 mm. 
Now, if wisdom was there from the beginning, if wisdom was there from the beginning, then that means if I am going to operate in wisdom, I have to love God to reveal that wisdom to me. Are you following this? Because if I don't love God, God can't reveal his wisdom to me. Because the secret of the Lord is revealed to those who love him or those who fear him. The secret of the Lord is only revealed to those who love God or those who fear him. Now remember Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Remember that? Now, guess what? Proverbs chapter 8 says, I wisdom, I am more precious than pearls. I am more precious than gold. So if Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swines, then that means don't cast your, your pearls before swine. That means swines, excuse my language, are fools. And they don't value pearls. They don't value valuable things. So if they don't value valuable things, they won't value wisdom. Are you getting this? So if they don't value wisdom, that means if I'm going to be a partaker of the wisdom of God, number one, I have to be wise. Number two, I have to be a lover of wisdom. Because God cannot reveal or, or expose valuable things to people who don't value it. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's why the Bible says that the secret of the Lord, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Psalm 25, verse 14. So wisdom is a secret. <laughs> wisdom is a what? It's a secret. So the Bible says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with them that what? Fear him. And the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want to have access to wisdom, you have to fear God. What does it mean to fear God? To reverence God. To honor God. Because God cannot give his wisdom to those who don't fear him. To those who don't honor him. Are you getting this picture? Are you following me so far? Very important. So if I'm going to receive wisdom... If I'm going to have access to wisdom, number one, I have to be a God lover. Addicted God lover. Because God will not reveal his secrets to those who don't fear him. If you don't love God, forget about wisdom. <laughs> because the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. How many of you have some secrets? How many of you? Say, oh, this chair, nobody has secrets. <laughs> Praise God. But you, you, you share your secret with someone you can trust, right? All my secrets are with my, my wife because I love her. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him or them that love him. Where do you hide your secrets? In your bedroom. In the intimate part of your life. In your heart of hearts. So if I'm going to get into your heart, I must be a lover of you to be able to know what's in your heart. To be able to know what's in your heart, I have to love you. If I don't love you, you can't reveal what's in your heart to me. So now, wisdom is God's secret. So if I'm going to have access to wisdom, I have to love God. I have to have access to his heart. Oh, you're not getting this. 
If I'm going to have access to wisdom, if I'm going to have access to wisdom, I must be a God lover. When I love God, God will say, my son, my daughter, come. Let me reveal the secret to, of, of my heart to you. Amen. And I'm going to show you one such person who did that. First Kings chapter 3 from verse 3. The Bible said that, and Solomon loved the Lord. Say amen to that. Amen. And Solomon did what? Love the Lord. Remember the secret of the Lord are with them that fear him. Are with them that fear him. And Solomon loved the Lord. Question, do you love God? Yes. You don't have to say yes. Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes. Jesus said, feed my lamb. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, you know. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Jesus asked again, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Peter said, Lord, you know all things. He was angry. Jesus said, then you shouldn't have left my sheep and gone fishing. The proof of your love for God is, is what you do in his house. Ah, I love God. No, you don't love him. If you love God, like Solomon will see, the Bible says, and Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his, Dave, his father David. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high place. You see, when you love God, his commandments are not statutes. Jesus said, his, my commandments are not grievous because you love me. When you love God, you know, serving God becomes easy. You remember the story I told you when my wife and I started courting many years ago? She used to live in Sutton. I used to live in Hackney. Sutton and Hackney was far. And because of my love for her, I'll leave Hackney and go all the way to Sutton in the, on the bus. Sometimes on the train. And sometimes the train will close early and then I'll get on the bus. You know night bus? It's a long journey. I'll go on the night bus. And for hours, rolling around, sometimes I'll sleep. And when I sleep, I miss my stop. <laughs> and when you miss your stop, you have to, you know. And so sometimes I was settling the whole of London at night. Purely because of love. Purely because of love. Because I loved her, I was going the distance. I still love her though. No, I'm saying because I loved her then. I still love her now. You see, many people get into relationship not with love. Because of what I can get, material things. Ultimate motives. Check, what kind of visa do you have? What kind of passport do you have? That's not love. Do you have a house? Do you have a car? These are material things. What happens when they, if they go? Is your face beautiful? That beautiful face is one day going to have wrinkles. What happens when it, it develops wrinkles? That means you no longer love her. You no longer love him. I was going the distance. I loved her so much. I was going the distance. If you love God, serving God is, is joyous. Amen. Nobody have to ring you to come to church. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Your love for God, you see, love is not a spoken word. Love is a demonstrative word. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave. John three sixteen. If you love God, you give. Give your life. Save God with all your life. So Solomon loved the Lord and he followed his father's statutes. Verse 4. The Bible says, And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for there was a great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. Everybody was giving one. Solomon gave a thousand. 
You see, when you love God, giving to him is not a debate. <laughs> when you love your husband or your wife, giving to them is not an argument. When you, when you, you remember when you started courting, you see a lady and you like, a fine lady and you like her? See how you, you go buying perfumes, buying things, you buy a perfume that is half your, your salary. <laughs> That's no wisdom, though. <laughs> you buy a perfume worth half of your salary. You don't even think about it. You don't think where you, what, what you're going to eat next because of what love. Solomon loved the Lord, so he gave a thousand burnt offerings. Your love for God reflects in the offerings you give. Yeah. Say amen to that. Amen. When you come to church and all you do is take, 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 don't give, that means you don't love God. Yeah. Say amen. amen. Don't feel guilty. I'm teaching you the right way. I'm teaching you the right thing. Because in this month of wisdom, you will break through. Amen. I said you will break through. Amen. God will give you one idea, one concept that will break through for the rest of your life. Amen. So Solomon gave a thousand burnt offering and in Gibeon, look at that, the moment he gave a thousand burnt offering, verse 5, God appeared, God showed up. That means God likes those who give big. Anybody who tells you God don't like those who don't give big is a lie. God likes, check through the scriptures. Cornelius was memorialized. Cornelius giving was a memorial before God because he was giving big. Yes. The woman who broke the alabaster box, the ointment on Jesus, they wanted to stop her. Jesus said, leave her alone. Don't stop her. For what she's doing is a memorial. Everywhere this gospel is preached, her name shall be mentioned. The sign of your love for God is go and check on your checkbook where your offering goes, where your money goes. Check in your bank account. Where does your money go? If your money always goes to... Um, Debenhams, you love Debenhams more than you love God. If your money always goes to Tesco, you love Tesco more than you love God. That's the truth. It might be an uncomfortable, uncomfortable truth, but it is the truth. If your money goes to Chelsea more than God, you love Chelsea more than God. When you're on a hospital bed, Chelsea cannot save you. When you're about to die, you will not call Chelsea, save me. You will call Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? Solomon gave a thousand burnt offering and the Lord showed up. God didn't show up to those who gave one, one, one. <laughs> there was a testimony not long ago. Someone sowed a seed and then all of a sudden, God showed up to her and gave her an idea, something she's been praying about for years. That's how God operates. Now, you see, many of you have been taught wrong. You think when I give, I'll get money back. Yes, it's true, but most of the times it comes in an idea. Mm. Amen. One idea. Amen. God will give you one idea that will rescue your family generationally. Just one idea. Amen. Just one idea. Just one little concept. Just one little concept. And some of you through this church, God has given you concepts and ideas that is causing you now to flourish. Amen. That's what happens. That's why you cannot take the church of God for granted. 
Every time you come, God is dropping an idea. God is telling you, the way you treat your wife is not wisdom. The way you treat your husband is not wisdom. The way you are treating your business is not wisdom. The way you are treating your children is not wisdom. Just one idea will show you up to the world forever. The Bible says that and Solomon gave and God appeared to him in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I will give you. That's a blank check. Now, if God comes to you and asks, ask what I'll give you, I know some of you will be asking for your enemies. God, kill my enemy. No, come on, forget about your enemies. Your enemies are actually there to make you better. They're there to what? To make you better. Let them pray for them, live long. And see what God will do in my life. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. So God asked Solomon, ask what you, you want and I'll give you. Verse 6, the Bible says that, and Solomon said, thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne. Next verse, verse 7. Keep going, verse 7. We'll read till I tell us to stop. And now the Lord, and now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of my father David, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or, out or come in. Verse 8. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. That's wisdom he's asking for. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. That's wisdom. Wisdom gives you the ability to discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that, and that Solomon had asked this thing. Wow. What are you asking that it's pleasing God? Some of us, what we are asking doesn't please God because we are asking the wrong things. God comes to you, what do you want? God, give me money. God, give me visa. God, give me a house. God, give me a wife. Yet you don't have wisdom how to manage that wife. Verse 11. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thy enemies. Can you see that? Solomon had enemies, yet he did not ask for the life of his enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Verse 12. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall there any arise unto thee. Next verse. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor. Say amen. amen. So that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. Say amen, amen. to that. Next verse, verse 14. And if thou will walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David did walk, then I will lengthen your days. Verse 15. And Solomon awoke and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. Say amen. Amen. Please, 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 from today, stop praying asking God for money. Ask for wisdom. Because wisdom is the principal thing. Many of us don't know how to talk even to our bosses who are going to promote us. Your boss asks you, have you finished with that work I gave you? And then 
And then you come and say, yes, boss, I finish. This is it. That's the wisdom. Your behavior is appalling. I say, oh, yes, boss. Now, remember, it's wisdom. It's wisdom to treat the person who is going to promote you well with respect and honor. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Because wisdom is a principal thing. It's wisdom. So, desire for wisdom. Many of us are raising children that we've never raised before. We need wisdom. They are growing at a pace we, we have no concept of. We need wisdom. Many of us have little children growing up. 10, 12, 11, our firstborns. 13, 14, they are showing some characters we haven't seen before. You need to ask God, God, give me wisdom how to deal with this one now. Hallelujah. It's wisdom. It's wisdom even to know what to buy for your children. Not The fact that you have the money doesn't mean you should buy everything. Some of your parents, you buy, you give your children uh, uh, phones, these latest phones. It's not wisdom. The fact that you can buy it doesn't mean you should give it to them. At age 10, 12, who are they calling? Who are they talking to? And they are watching things right under your nose. Watching things that are corrupting their spirits. I'm not saying you shouldn't give your children phones. Shouldn't give them iPads or iPods. But what are they listening to? Whose ears do they have? Some of them are listening to the devil in your house. That's why when you speak to them, they don't listen to you. Because they are listening to different people. So wisdom demands that, yes, you can buy the phone, but question, what is he or she going to use it for? It's like taking your car and giving it to your 15-year-old or a 12-year-old. And say, take and drive. That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. Are you following what I'm saying? Because wisdom is what's profitable to direct. Now, hear me, this is very important. When you ask God for wisdom, right? The only way you're going to know whether God has given you wisdom is that He's going to test that wisdom. Remember, I said earlier that. When you ask God for love, he's going to give you what? Difficult people. So when you ask God for wisdom, God is going to give you a problem to solve to see if you have really received that wisdom and operating with that wisdom. <laughs> this is deep. Let's see an example. Remember Solomon asked for wisdom, right? And God gave him wisdom. Now let's see how God tested his wisdom. Same scripture, 1 Kings chapter 3 from verse 16. 1 Kings chapter 3 from verse 16. It says, then came now, Solomon's wisdom is now going to be tested. We've all agreed that he's been given wisdom, Right? So now God is going to test his wisdom. He says, then came two women that were hallowed, in other words, prostitutes, unto the king and stood before him. Now remember, wisdom is profitable to what? Direct. Remember that? So now there came two women, two women, two hallowed. Oh, this is powerful. I don't have the time to dissect this. There are always two sides to the coin. There are always two persons in you as a human being. There are always two groups of people in the church. Remember the parable of the ten virgins? Five were wise, five were unwise. Five had oil, five had no oil. Five went to heaven, five went to hell. There are always two sides. So when you hear a story about you and you respond immediately, it means you don't have wisdom. Because there are always two sides to the coin. 
Wait till you hear the other side. If you are in a position of privilege and someone comes to share something with you, that this person said that, said that, said that, you need to hear the other side. If a wife comes and says, oh, my husband is so nice, my husband is always this, blah, 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 blah. Don't just believe her. Wait till you hear the husband's side. The husband will tell you she wears jeans to bed. <laughs> she wears jeans as a night, nighty to bed. There are always two sides. There are always two sides. There's a cause and effect. There's a cause and effect. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So two halots came to the king. Verse 17. The Bible said, and and one woman said, oh my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass on the third day after I was delivered that this woman delivered also. And, and we were together and there was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. Oh, this is powerful. Some of us are sleeping on our seed. We are killing our seed. The seed that will feed your generations, you are killing it. Every time you have an opportunity to invest your seed and you eat it, you have killed next generation. She slept on her seed. She was a sleeper. She was a lazy woman. Hallelujah. Verse 20. The Bible says, she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me. Look at, look at what they do. She's killed her seed. She's gone for another person's seed. And in the world, these are the kind of people who are there. And beside me, and while the handmaiden slept, she laid her by the bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to give my child sack, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, and behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. I love this woman. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is the son, is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Then said the king, the one said, this is my son that liveth, thy son is the dead, and the other said, nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. Now they are arguing in front of the king. Verse 24, and the king said, bring me a sword. The sword there represents the word. The word of God. He said, bring me the sword, And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two. And give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose living was child was unto the king. For her bowels yearned upon her son. And said, oh my lord, give her the living child. In no wise slay it. But the other woman said, let it be, let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Can you see the other woman? Whose is not the child? Verse 27. Then the king answered and said, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. Verse 28. And all Israel, this is key, I love this. It says, and all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged and they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. Amen. 
Say amen to that. You see, when you ask God for wisdom, God will give you a problem to solve. And Solomon was given a problem to solve. Two prostitutes came to him, said, my child is a living, this one said, my child is a dead, your child is a dead. They were arguing, the king said, bring a sword, bring the word, and let's look through the word. There are always two sides. And when he did, the Bible says what? The one who had the living child said, King, please, please, don't kill the child. Give the child to her. It's better this child is alive. And the other one whose child was there said, no, 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 kill this child. And the end result was what? The king said, ah, no, this child is definitely yours. And the child was given to, to her. And the Bible says what? For they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. When you ask God for wisdom, he'll bring a problem for you to solve. And when you solve that problem, the whole world will see the wisdom in you. Don't run away when you see problems. Some of you, the problems that are going to come after today is a Goliath. But the Goliath are your bridge into the palace. Some of, the, some of you, they are difficult customers. You have to just treat one difficult customer well. And that difficult customer will bring you more customers. Are you following me? Wisdom is profitable to direct. Amen. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. From today, God will give you wisdom in every area of your life. In the name of Jesus. Every breakthrough you need is hidden in Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.